Are you struggling to believe that there is a purpose for your life? That after all you've been through, seen or done, that there's a chance you'll ever find peace and wholeness again? Welcome to Love and Be Loved. This podcast explores what matters to us the most. Overcoming adversity, success stories on relationships with God, ourselves, and others. Now here is your host, Lena Sibula. I'm so glad you are listening today. I hope and pray you get value from this episode and share it with someone who you know for sure needs to hear this message. Our special guest is Merlene Cameron. She is a transformative business and life coach who works with accomplished professional women who can suffer from stress, self-doubt, and sometimes feel like imposters. She helps them embrace their true nature and their natural confidence so that they can thrive as a business owners and leaders. Welcome, Merlin, to Love and Beloved podcast. Thanks, Lena. It's uh, really nice to be here. I love to start with your life story. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and where is your journey begins. Well, I'll make it <laughs> as short as possible. Um, you know, I grew up in a family where, um, you know, high achievement was expected and um, looked for in terms of our academic performance or anything that we pursued. I pursued music. And and so I came to think that my value was based on, you know, my accomplishments. And I did actually become very accomplished. Um, my first career was a commercial interior designer. I actually started my own business and was very successful I went on and um, continued my education. I got a master's of business administration and, and became a chartered financial analyst. And, um, and then after that, I took my coaching training and uh, was seen as, uh, you know, accomplished and successful, but I actually never felt that way. I always felt that, you know, people were just being nice when they, you know, when they said complimentary things or if, or if I went an award, it's like, well, you know, that was just a fluke, or I was lucky, or I just worked harder than other people. And that's why I was, you know, more successful. And it wasn't until, you know, I started into coaching, and I actually had a what we call a buddy coach. So we coached each other back and forth on a weekly basis. And she sent me some information about, um, it's called imposter syndrome. So individuals that that are accomplished, are successful, just aren't able to see themselves that way for whatever reason. And I kind of ignored it at the time. And I remember um, around that time, I was, you know, trying to kind of establish myself as a coach. And even my former husband said, Marlene, you should make a list of all your accomplishments. But when I did that, I still attributed (laughs) all those accomplishments to something other than me, right? So it wasn't until I was at a, I took a business training course and I know we talked about going out and meeting people and somebody said to me, Marlene, why don't you just invite somebody for coffee and see if there's something you can do to support them or help them? Because I had a successful business. I was trained as a coach and this little voice in my head said, well, what would be the point? You have nothing to offer. And I was so shaken when I heard that it was like, it took all I had not to burst into tears in that room of, you know, like hundred people type of thing where this is a big, you know, workshop. So I decided maybe I should, you know, investigate that. And sure enough, I um, scored pretty high on the assessment that the, um, the two women that identified the 
they called it imposter phenomena at the time. So they created an assessment and you could kind of take it and score. And it just, it just helped me evaluate to what extent I was really dismissing or disregarding, you know, my capabilities and my accomplishments. So I started to, um, you know, look for um, ways to kind of move past that and, and be able to see myself differently. And I used to work with um, a technique and I, approached a colleague of mine and and he agreed to work with me so I worked with him on a weekly basis for almost six months and it did help but there was still a missing piece for me and it took a little while longer for me to finally discover that I'm so grateful that you're sharing this with us because sometimes people see success and until you will be vulnerable and share this story wow this is empowering actually I have like goosebumps It's amazing. Thank you so much for saying that. For me, honestly, I I did suffer with that as well, but I love accomplishments. And it's not because I like to show off and brag. I'm just so proud of myself. But that's what the difference that imposter syndrome can come in and have a different faces for different people. Is there was rock bottom And how did it look for you? Was there ever at the point that you didn't think you even make it? Well, I um, I was married for 30 years. And as I mentioned, I did have a very successful interior design consulting company. I did mostly commercial office work. Um, and then we moved for my husband's career. And then we moved again. So I And we moved to the United States. So I kind of gave up my career for a while to live in the States, but you know, when we came back and, and we separated and finally divorced, then I was sort of on my own. And it, it kind of, you know, I felt it more, more intensely, because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a partner, um, and didn't have a partner who was making good money. So it I really struggled to kind of establish myself as a new coach. And, um, and I know that, you know, these imposter feelings had a huge impact on my ability to go out and introduce myself to people to feel like even belonged, you know, with my colleagues in the coaching association here. One of my clients actually won an award for, for business achieved through coaching. And I, it's still, you know, it still was, it was never enough. There was never enough um, accolades or compliments or acknowledgements that, that, you know, had me finally start to believe in myself. And to the point where I felt actually uncomfortable, I felt, Like I kind of had to fake my, you know, you know, my, uh, my success or fake this idea that I really belonged with my colleagues. So it was, it was hard. It was, um, it was exhausting too, because, you know, when I went to business events or networking events, I felt like I had to put on this pretense, like, you know, here I am, I'm, you know, I'm confident and self-assured, you know, and I can help you. And I just felt that that was like a complete fake <laughs> Yeah. So I go home and it was just like, I just, yeah, this is too hard. Yeah. We really don't know what's going on in their person, mind, body, and soul, because we see how they present from outside. What changed for you? Or oh, um, maybe first, I really want to ask you, how was, have things been with your family and friends while you were going through difficult times? Well, that was part of my, um, pretense. I'm the type of person who typically 
um, somebody said, I hold things close to my chest. So I never really let people know what was going on for me. I was always fine. I was always okay. I'm, you know, I'm handling this. And so I actually never shared with them, you know, what was really going on. And because we grew up in a family where, you know, we were kind of emotion intolerant, you know, like, you know, didn't really express your emotions. You just kind of suck it up and get on with life that it's, you know, my family probably wasn't the people who could really support me either because, you know, they were brought up with the same beliefs that you just, you know, you just didn't talk about it. So, yeah, but I did have a few, a few close friends and colleagues who I could talk to and share things with. So that was very helpful, actually. I'm just curious when you spoke about this to your closest friends for support, did you ever hear somebody else saying, I have this too? Do you know how many people one way or another suffer with the imposter syndrome? Did you ever heard somebody say, I have this too and felt hope? Well, actually, you know, I've, I've presented on imposter syndrome at some international conferences. So I've done a little bit of research and the early research indicates that probably about 70% of people actually experience these imposter feelings at some point in their career. And it's often when they're transitioning, like going from their education into their first job, or maybe, you know, going into a big promotion where they're going to maybe a leadership role, or they're changing industries, or, you know, so there's, there's periods where we're, you know, quite vulnerable, because we are out of our comfort zone, you know, we do have things to learn to, you know, to, um, to succeed in these new positions. But the thing was that um, where it started showing up for me was in my clients. Like I, you know, I would have clients who were, you know, obviously intelligent, well-educated, accomplished, and they would, they would talk to me about all their insecurities and all their anxieties. And so I actually started giving them the assessment, you know, this mm-hmm. imposter phenomenal assessment. And sure enough, they scored quite high. Um, and the higher you score, the more you're you know, you experience these imposter feelings. And it's like, oh, isn't that interesting? Because it's something you wouldn't know from, you know, from having a casual conversation with somebody, it really comes from that deeper conversation where people start to be much more vulnerable and um, truthful about how they really feel. Sounds like a paradox, like should be harder, you work more successful, you get more confident and established you get. Isn't that funny that we have this almost like battlefield all the time one side saying I can do everything another side saying who do you think you are so what the rest of the 30 percent doing that they not getting into such a deep suffering struggling depression about going forward and actually just own it success as a success what does 30 percent do couple of things can happen, you know, somebody who has these imposter feelings, um, after a certain amount of time, starts to feel more confident, more, you know, more competent, and those feelings, you know, dissipate over time. But there are some people who, who never get past that. I talked with a gentleman who was seen as a very skilled expert in his industry, he had been in the same job for 15 years, and he still felt like an imposter. So that's when it really becomes problematic. And when we don't feel that we're, you know, we're feeling that we're kind of like pulling the wool over people's eyes, so to speak, you know, you see me one way, but I'm not really that. 
it sets somebody up to have a lot of anxiety and people deal with their anxieties differently. You know, some people go home after work and have a few drinks, you know, sometimes women go out shopping, you know, you know, maybe you're, you know, you, you're smokers. So, because we have this, um, you know, persistent anxiety and we don't know what to do with it because we don't understand where it comes from, first of all. And it's, you know, some people do go to, you know, they will go get, um, you know, medication for anxiety or depression and, and not realizing that that's sort of where it's coming from is their, you know, these imposter feelings that they don't understand. And it's, it's very confusing. It's interesting you to say that, that, because I know for myself, it's like, like, what's the matter with me? Like, on one hand, like you say, I could see that I'm accomplished, I'm capable, I have these successes. And then the other part of me, it goes like, well, no, like you say, like, who do you think you are? Like, this was just a fluke, or you're just lucky, or, you know, as I said before, people are just being nice and complimenting you. <laughs> it's like, it's very confusing, I would say that's that I really struggle with that. Yeah, I could not figure that out. So how people can figure that out? Well, I was introduced to um, an understanding a couple of years ago, actually. And this understanding was discovered by actually a Canadian man who had what you might call like an awakening experience. He, through his, his experience, he, he came to understand that our minds work a little differently than, we were, than we've been led to believe. I had been led to believe that my, you know, my emotions come from external things like, you know, people or situations or events. And, and since we can't control things on the outside, it seems like we're always sort of subjected to these, these roller coaster emotions. But what he discovered is that our emotions are actually kind of like a feedback system that tell us, you know, that give us some idea, you know, what we're, what we're actually thinking in the present moment. So if I'm, if I'm thinking I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm going to feel how that feels. It feels sort of like, you know, sad or depressing or what have you. And, and so I started to see that my insecurities would come from my own patterns of thinking about myself, most of which are not true. You know, we make stuff up, right? You know, human beings are brilliant at making stuff up. I'm not good enough, but because we feel our thinking, it feels correct it feels true it's 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 an amazing paradox that you know we're given this gift of thought if you will you know we can think you know creatively you know inventively you know inspiration but we can also use our own thinking to kind of terrorize ourselves if you will and until we understand that we we kind of believe you know what we think not realizing that you know it's kind of a fabrication and so that was really helpful for me to learn that, you know, my, my emotional states and my feelings were actually um, kind of a barometer of, you know, where, you know, where my thinking was at the time. But the other thing that I found even more encouraging, if you will, is this idea that there's, you know, most people understand there's, there's an intelligence behind life, you know, this the energy, the intelligence that created the universes, that created the world, that created you know, this amazing interconnectedness, you know, thing we call nature. Well, we're part of nature too. You know, we tend to think, you know, that's nature and I'm me. But the thing is that I'm part of nature and that same intelligence is available to me through what we call insight or intuition or 
these things that pop up that, you know, it's like something I hadn't thought of before. And when I understand it's not just up to me and my intellect and what I've learned that I have this other kind of bigger knowledge available to me, I found that very comforting. It's like, I don't have to figure out everything on my own. If, if I can't come up with the answer, maybe if I just sit quietly or, you know, go for a walk or something that often the ideas and the solutions come. And I just, it's like, wow, that's, yeah. <laughs> I felt so nice to know that. And, and to see how that's it had already been working in my life. It doesn't work just because we know it works. It's working anyway, right? Yeah, it's always in the background running this, um, this, this fast, you know, infinite, you know, en- intelligent en- energy that's behind all life is in every one of us. We call it wisdom. Yes, that is beautiful. I'm very in tune with myself. I can feel it that something wrong. Now when I'm getting older and wiser, hopefully, I'm more aware that I cannot sweep those feelings under the rug because that's what happens with depression and anxiety. I'm not talking about the clinical, um, you know, some big problems, but I'm talking about everyday life. If I'm not sleeping enough, eating or exercising, my mind go right after my body. So would you say that walking in nature or riding a bike or talking to the friend would help with beating down imposter syndrome or anything that comes with it or any other techniques that you can teach us to be aware that this is it and how to not to get into that rabbit hole and and faster. I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of for the rest of our lives, but what we can do to help with that. That's a great question because I worked with a technique for 15 years. I was a trainer. I certified other practitioners in it, but it's different if you understand how your mind actually works and it's not trying to work against you. You think about, we have like tens of thousands of thoughts. And when we understand that every thought has an emotion, you know, like the thought and the feeling are kind of like, you know, both sides of the coin sort of thing. And, and so when we're starting to feel anxious or starting to feel depressed or down or something, when I understand that that's coming from my thinking in the moment, it's like, oh. I'm feeling kind of crappy right now. I wonder what's been on my mind, right? I wonder where I've been, you know, uh, which thoughts I've been paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And if we understand that we have this this flow of thinking like 24-7, even when we're sleeping, basically shows up through dreams. If we understand that if if we can kind of leave it alone a little bit, then often we'll just move on to something else. And yes, it is helpful to, you know, to help our minds settle, if you will, and go for a walk or talk to a friend. It's it's kind of like the metaphor of the snow globe. You know, when you shake up the snow globe and you get all those little snow flaky things. And when you let your mind settle, all of those little particles go to the bottom of the globe and then you get this clear globe. And our mind's kind of like that too. If, if we can do something to kind of help us settle, you know, because we do get into this you know, these patterns of thinking, sometimes we call them thought storms, like we go around and around and around, you know, in that pattern of thinking, and especially thinking, you know, thinking we're not good enough, thinking people are going to find out that, you know, I've been, you know, uh, fooling them. That does not, that thinking does not feel good, right? So if you understand that, it's like the emotion is the little red flag, 
if I'm starting to feel kind of low or depressed or, or worried, A, you don't have to assess your thinking or analyze it or try to control it in any way. Cause we can't, you know, it's like, it's like breathing. You can't pay attention to your breath 24 seven, but when you understand that if you, we're all going to have these kinds of thoughts, human beings are kind of built to have emotional experiences. We just are. And sometimes they're going to feel terrific. Sometimes they're going to feel kind of eh. And it's not fun feeling eh. There's no doubt about that. But when we understand that that's just, it's temporary, that's going to move on. You know, we can maybe even do something. Maybe we like listening to certain kinds of music or dance around a little bit and kind of shake up that pattern of thinking. Then inevitably more things will come in that feel better. That's so cool that you said, if you leave it alone, then it will pass. Another phrase I heard from some meditation about the thoughts too, that it was profound for me as well. Sometimes the thoughts come so powerful and convincing that they appear to be true. Very, very interesting. I like to ask you, what would you say to the person struggling with this right now? You know, this understanding is so powerful. It's called the three principles, actually. And, and you know, the three principles are include this, you know, the concepts that we have this intelligence that's, that's, you know, comes to us, you know, past our personal thinking. Sometimes we think of our personal thinking as all of the, often our personal thinking is like stuff we make up about how not good we are. But this, you know, this wisdom is all about, always available to us. And if we understand that our emotions are coming through what we're thinking in the moment, then we don't have to assign responsibility or blame to anybody or anything or even ourselves, right? If somebody's struggling with this, I really encourage them to, you know, work with somebody who has this understanding because it, you know, it's one thing to kind of intellectualize it. Oh, that's how my mind works. Another thing is to kind of embrace it and kind of trust it. But the other thing is too, that, you know, if, if you kind of notice that, you know, maybe one day you're like, let's say you're in traffic and, you know, it's a traffic jam and, and you're really twisted about it. Like it's really annoying you and like, Ugh. and then a few days later, you're, you're in a traffic, you know, jam again, it's like, Oh, whatever. Right. So it's exactly the same situation, but we're having different emotional responses to it because of our, you know, our thinking about our perceptions, expectations, or whatever you want to call them. So we understand that, that we're, we're kind of built to have thoughts and feelings, and, and they don't really hurt us. And even the stuff that we make up is still a thought, and we're gonna, we're gonna experience that thinking too, that um, maybe we don't feel quite so nervous, just quite so panicky when we start to kind of go down a little bit and, you know, get into kind of a low mood. And it's like, Oh, I don't like being here. And, you know, <laughs> it's almost just trusting that, you know, thoughts and feelings won't hurt you. You know, you're just having, you're experiencing your own thinking, you know, that for some people that can be really helpful. And the thing too, Lena is to accept that, you know, we didn't understand this before and, you know, we're using our thinking innocently, you know, have these upset feelings. And so, you know, just like be really kind to yourself, you know, you know, love this idea. It's just, just, you know, treat yourself with love and understanding because until a few years ago, we just didn't understand, you know, where our experiences actually came from. That is amazing. So number one, be 
kind and gracious to yourself. And number two, if it's getting out of hand, go and seek help. But know that it's okay. And most of us have that experiences as well. So because I do believe it's very helpful and hopeful to know that we are not alone in our struggles. And it's nothing wrong in seeking help because somebody can lead you out of it and help you to understand. My imposter syndrome completely different showing up. I told you a little bit of my story. I came from broken home with human trafficking, with drugs, alcoholism, and abuse. And then one day I fall in love and my beautiful baby girl was born. And there all these crazy thoughts came. Who do you think you are? You think after everything you've seen or done, you're going to be a good mother? Like, are you going to be a wife? You don't know how to clean. You don't know how to do the chores. And it's ate me alive. Mm. I was in hell first two years after my baby born, but plus I suffer with postpartum depression that nobody diagnosed. Like you say, 10 years ago, nobody was talking about those things. Nobody talked about human trafficking, abuse, mental health, and all these issues was kind of like swept under the rug, which is I'm so proud of us that we took that outside and the social media platforms and all this why me movement i think it's amazing that people speaking out about the problems that's what empower encourage and give hope to other people to know that they're not alone in their struggle no matter what struggle it is i was unable to move i suffer like anxiety and panic attacks i end up in a hospital that i couldn't breathe that's how bad my mind was going on and on and on and on. But I was just so afraid that my baby gonna die. And it wasn't a lie because my first child passed away. So I know that this could happen. So I nurtured those thoughts and I believe that it might be true. And then what happened? Then my husband gonna leave me because he gonna blame me for this. Then I gonna end up in the streets and then I gonna be on drugs. But it wasn't true. My husband loved me. I live in a clean home. I was clean from drugs and alcohol. I wasn't even smoking. My baby was healthy. Everything was like, it was not real. It was all in my head. I think that's what the scariest part that is so terrible and terrifying that it was in my mind. Like you said, with all the different default modes that we go to drugs, cigarettes, porn, whatever we come up with the idea to deal with that, that was food for me. There was no drugs for me. And I, I was scared drinking because I want to be so clear to take care of that baby because it was such a huge responsibility for me. I ate. I ate and I ate and yeah. I ate. Yeah. I'm actually learning how to deal with this habit finally figure out that this is my emotional default mode that's how I'm trying to save the problem in my head by really not being productive I just feel like I'm doing something but now more and more I'm talking about my mental health and I see people who can resonate with me I'm thinking oh wow you have this but different you have this but different but it's kind of all the same it's all our mind 
So I'm completely understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So be gracious to yourself. And second one, go tell someone because that pretends that we keep in, we try to look strong and confident and all this stuff. That's actually blocking us from being vulnerable and to get help. Talking to Marlene too, you know, connect with her online. Talk to someone who will understand. And so excited and so happy there's people that can right away say, well, you know what? I hear the nonsense in my head and I don't like it and then I don't want to keep it and move on because, yeah, I finished that school, that diploma is indication that I got through and those marks, I got it because I'm studying, good for me and I'm going forward. And that's very positive. And that's what I'm trying to imprint on my children as well. So those are some techniques. Oh my goodness, Marlene, your bio is so impressive. And it's proof that it's possible to overcome adversity and be successful despite difficulties and challenges of life. I'm so thankful that you are here and you are sharing with us. Where can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, My website is MarleneCameron.com. So that's pretty straightforward. But I want to say one more thing before we close. What this gentleman discovered in his epiphany, waking experience, enlightenment experience, whatever you want to call it, is that mental well-being is actually our default. You know, like we're, you know, when we're not in our thinking that's upsetting us and scaring us and terrifying ourselves, like we you know, when all of that settles, when our mind settles, we feel, we feel at peace, we feel calm. So it's just a a nice feeling. And so that's why feelings and emotions are so important, because they're, like I said before, they're kind of telling us where our thinking is, right? Because that's where our experience is coming from our thinking. So, so I hope that that reassures your listeners that, that they're, you know, you don't have to do anything to achieve mental health other than just acknowledge that that's the truth of who you are and how your mind operates and, and recognize that um, when we kind of run off, you know, we go on, a, you know, like we call it the train of thought that doesn't have us feel good. It's just like, get off the train. <laughs> uh, another, they get off the train. It's very difficult part too. Because I do believe you can nail it, that this is what's going on with you. You can nail it, that it's not okay. And you can nail it, that you need to do something about it. It's that part for you to figure out what actually going to help you. Because we can give you a million advices. You have to find your own solution. Because mm-hmm. you know what? Until you understand what is the best for you. Because for me, it was God. I pray and I find that, um, that, like you say, this amazing intelligence and wisdom that I can put my burden on his shoulder and talk to him and speak out. And I'm more in tune. I call it, well, not I call it, but it's called the Holy Spirit. But that wisdom that you gain from being in peace. And that's what saved me, you know, to be not responsible for my daughter's life because I'm not in charge of life and death. I'm not in control of it. And that understanding comes with faith, with my faith that I'm going to be protected and taken care of. All right, my friend, before I let you go, okay, 
I would like to ask you my signature question. What does love and to be loved means to you? Okay, so here it is, Lena. We are love. <laughs> you know, we're a creation of the, you know, love, if you want to call it, or God or wisdom or whatever. Like we we are that. And I think when we really understand that that we are ambassadors for love, if you will, then I think it gives us much more capacity to show more kindness and understanding towards ourselves, but also towards others, because we all live in separate realities, you know, that that's, um, you know, made up of, of our own thinking, like we actually experience reality from the inside out. So when we see people who don't think the same way we do have different opinions, who it's like, you know, giving somebody, you know, honoring them with acceptance, because they they simply are experiencing life differently than you. You know, we think what we see out there is what everybody sees. That's doesn't how it works, not how it works. You and I are experiencing things different. We know we may we be both looking at the same tree, but you're having a different experience of tree than me. That is so amazing and so profound. And we have to respect and honor that part. I think that's what makes life beautiful and our relationship beautiful because we are so different and so unique. I love this inside out experience. Well, any final thoughts, Marlene? Maybe just really quickly, I, I, um, there's not three kinds of thoughts, but I came up with a metaphor, three kinds of thoughts. So the first thought is what I call factual thinking. You know, you're Lena, you're a certain age, you're, you know, you're a woman. The fictional thinking is all the stuff that we make up. You know, I'm not good enough. Who do I think I am? Like that stuff's all made up, right? So it's, we call it fictional thinking. But the third kind of thinking is what we call like fresh thinking, like the, oh, wouldn't that be great? Or, you know, the, the new ideas we get or the new insights or the new intuitions that come with a nice thought feeling. And if we can spend more time in you know, either facts or this fresh thinking and less time in our fictional thinking, you know, <laughs> the better, you know, the better experience we'll have. So, and, and I say, we can't control our thinking, but when we recognize that, that where our experience comes from, we can, you know, maybe be looking for something differently. Fictional thinking. Isn't that amazing? There's the truth. This is inspiration. And sometimes we get stuck in the fiction that is no true and no real. Wow, so cool, so amazing. Thank you so much. That's revelations one after another. I love it. And you have a giveaway as well. Tell I us do. more about that. Yeah, it's a, just a little small ebook. You can download it from my website. So it's marlenecameron.com forward slash and then the number seven and little dash and then secrets. So seven secrets. And it speaks to the concepts that you and I've been talking about. That's so awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I definitely going to check it out. Thank you, Marlene, for being our guest today. And we talk about overcoming obstacles. And that is possible despite being accomplished and successful, still feel like an imposter. And we talk about her passion for helping people to create a better life and more understanding and more awareness. So connect with Marlene to learn more and download that ebook. 
It's amazing giveaway and you can get a little bit more information and I will post in show notes links to everything was mentioned in this episode and stay tuned for another edition of Love and Beloved. We will meet when amazing with an amazing Corinne Lang and another powerful story and she has overcome both and depression and serious illness and love to show how she did it and how you can do it too. Guys, you don't want to miss that. More practical advice and techniques to get through life challenges. And through this platform, I want to show you that we're all struggling, but there's always hope. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Marlene. So grateful for you and your time. Oh, thank you, Lena. It was really lovely. And remember, you are never alone. You are loved. You are God's treasure, precious and priceless to Him. Thank you for listening to Love and Be Loved. If you have any questions about what you heard today, visit lovedandbeloved.com. It's love and the letter B with no E, loved.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the show. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you'd like to connect, we would love to hear from you. So send a quick note to lenasabula at gmail.com. Stay healthy, stay safe, love and be loved.